Okay, can I have a roll call, please? Trustee Lawrence? Yes. Trustee DeVries? Present. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee Jensen is here. She's just stepped out for a moment. Trustee Lujanani? Present by phone. Trustee Zorthian? Um, she stepped out. She'll be she back. She just stepped out. She'll be back. We have a quorum. Thank you. Uh, and I'm opening this for our open public session. And I do have some speakers who wish to talk to the board. So we will start with uh, Milton Lorgrid. Lorgrid? Laurie. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Good afternoon, board. Uh, I'm here to uh, talk to you about uh, the uh, contract that uh, Alameda Health System and TBH are entering into, uh, although I'm concerned about many of the contracts and the contracting issues out in general. Uh, I don't know if everyone is aware that the cost of this contract is approximately $550,000 per FTE. That's extraordinary. Uh, it's at least 150000 or more beyond what it would cost for an employee doctor. And TBH is being used to uh, get rid of the employee doctors at John George Psych Emergency who are represented by the Union of American Physicians and Dentists. Now, TBH is not even a medical corporation. It's run by a psychologist. It's violating the uh, ban on corporate practice of medicine. The board should know that. Uh, the board hasn't, from what I know, put out a request for a proposal whatsoever. Um, why is that? The only thing I can surmise is that there's an agenda uh, other than uh, protecting employees, and that is to um, get rid of a unionized group. Uh, the excuse is that the uh, staffing is difficult at John George. However, even though the schedule that come out often have many vacancies, by the time the shifts come around, they're all filled. That's been the case for years. Uh, so the staffing issue is not the problem. The fact that AHS complains that docs aren't going from the SAN services as needed position to benefited is also not true. Just in the last few days, four doctors have actually requested and applied for benefited positions. A few others have done so recently. And the reason this has been difficult is that for the last two years, uh, HR specifically made it extremely difficult to negotiate market rates. Only in May did they agree to bring up the rates of benefited doctors to market rate. And then surprisingly, the very next day, TBH re starts recruiting doctors from the employed pool. Why is that unless there's collusion? Uh, TBH uh, can't even fulfill its own obligations that it currently has at John George. They have a contract to fill inpatient. They're often not filled. And so we can only surmise that there is some other agenda. And I can tell you what I think the agenda is. It's that uh, get rid of uh, employee docs at any cost, even if it costs so much and uh, is a fiscally irresponsible act. In fact, our HR director has been heard to say she doesn't believe in having unionized employee doctors. Uh, so I've got to tell you, this is a bad deal. Um, you're wasting precious money, and uh, you should not go ahead with this. Thank you. Thank you, Milton. The next person I have is Evangeline Kinsey. I'm Evangeline Kinsey from San Leandro Hospital. I work in dietary, vice president of SEIU there. Uh, this is a reminder that SEIU local 1021 units are headed into bargaining. We are deeply concerned about recruitment, retention, safety, quality of care, and safe legal staffing levels. Oakland and San Leandro deserves it. Thank you. Thank you. Can I speak, or uh, uh, Dexter Peterson, please? 
would like to would like to speak before the board. Mr. Peterson. Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm glad to hear that HS is committed to hiring, but not frontline workers delivering first-hand first care instead of hiring top management. As our census grows, we are constantly experiencing a shortage of patient care, a shortage of staff. And I'm here representing the quality of care for our patients at San Leandro Hospital. Thank you. Uh, and Tugi? I'm actually Gatugi Maritha, but everybody calls me Tugi. So hello, good evening everybody. I work at Fairmont Hospital. I'm a nurse assistant there. My purpose of being here is an issue that we've talked about over and over and over, and this is workers' comp injuries. I'm pretty sure everybody has looked at this, and we've seen the budget has gone way high and expenses have gone way high because of workers' comp injuries. I'm here to tell you this is a serious issue. We've discussed it over and over again. And speaking on Fairmont Hospital, we've had one patient, I don't want to use the word responsible, but has caused over 11 workers' comp injuries. That's big, and this is one patient we're talking about. You cannot imagine the number of workers comp at Fairmont Hospital, including John George. This is something that we all need to look at and realize that spending money on hiring workers is way cheaper than spending all this money on workers comp. You're paying someone to work for me because I'm hurt, I'm home, and you're also paying me. You're paying double instead of paying one person or two people to do the same job. This is impacting our personal lives. And again, I apologize because we keep talking about it, but this needs to be fixed. This is a serious issue, and I urge you to pay attention to the cost and also the impact in families, because this is an impact. It's not just a number, it's, just, it's not just money. This is someone who's going home who cannot take care of their own personal life. That's what we need to look at. This is very serious, and again, I urge you to really look at how much you're spending on workers' comp. Thank you. Thank you. And our final, uh, our last speaker, John Peterson. Pearson. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was a school teacher at one point. It's okay. I'm used to getting called Peterson. I'm John Pearson. I'm one of the nurses here in the ER at Highland. Thank you for hearing us all today. Uh, thank you to Dr. Lorig for speaking earlier. Um, I want to say uh, that on behalf of our union brothers and sisters in UAPD, I'd like to speak out against contracting out, especially direct patient care. Um, I believe really strongly from my personal experience working here that when people who provide direct patient care are, have a vested interest in our community because they have a career here and they, they want to stay here, they want to care for the patients that we have here, then they will give better care. When you have a company who maybe talks a good game, but in the end is just there to serve their own bottom line and make a profit, I don't think that the kind of care providers that you would get would provide the same kind of care the kind of care provided by people like Dr. Lorig, who do have a vested interest in their community. Dr. Lorig's actually retired. He came here today to speak out about what's going on at John George. I think he's a good example of that kind of care. Um, I also want to say, and I, I don't uh, mean to be hyperbolic at all, but I want you to think a little bit about what happened in Orlando and imagine that happening here. Okay, so a big natural disaster, some kind of natural disaster or a horrible gun violence like that, is pretty much inevitable anywhere. You know, as the years go on, something big is going to happen. So I want to tell you that on the floor, like real experience in the ER here, and this also goes for the, the acute care nursing floors, we are operating on a skeleton crew, okay? So when we have the routine violence that comes in or a mass casualty incident, right, involving many people that are, that are hurt and sick, our real on the floor experience is that everybody has to come running away from their patients to take care of the very sick patients. We have no plan, no plan whatsoever, 
right, to cover those kind of things, right? So if, say, a school bus crashes and we have a whole bunch of kids that all need to be evaluated and need, all will require nursing care, there is no plan, right? There is no plan to get extra people here. There are no extra people already here to provide the care. There is no backup plan. We've asked at the table numerous times, what is your plan to provide extra nurses? And we get answers like, well, you can have a manager come and they'll work on the floor, right? Sometimes we don't have a manager, right? One extra person is not going to solve this kind of problem. So if everything runs, you know, kind of normal and there are no big disasters, maybe we can paper over the cracks and things will be okay. But I'm telling you, we're stretched extremely thin. So I appreciate you for hearing me today. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Any other comments from the public? Okay, then I'm going to move to uh, the medical staff reports. And who would like to go first? San Leandro, you want to go first? In the medical staff, uh, we really, I don't know really what, what you're looking for. It's not working. Working. Hello, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, I think as we move forward with this dialogue, um, the opportunity to have the dialogue, uh, we've realized that just having the opportunity to speak is not enough, that we need to actually say something that's meaningful as a medical staff um, to the board. And we look forward to having these opportunities and making decisions based on what's important for the board to hear um, in the near future before we actually even have these opportunities. So thankfully, we've had some conversations offline about how we would like to approach the, this opportunity for the various chiefs of staff to give information and report to the board itself. And it seems that the process to do so will be defined in the near future within the next, I would say, hopefully two to three months as we continue conversations with the administration and with uh, the board itself. Um, it should be noted that in general, medical staff wants to have a strong voice in the goings on of not only um, the patient safety issues uh, that involve contracting and services provided, but in general, the health and wealth of our institutions and the ability for them to de deliver good care. Um, we feel that the medical staff has a number of years of understanding collectively where, we're, where we've been and where we're going. And um, we thank uh, Trustee Lawrence today for giving us the opportunity to open this dialogue in a formal process. Um, in general, we want to make sure that the, that the medical staffs have not only a voice, but an effective voice. So, um, Trustee Lawrence, I don't know if you'd like to elaborate on our conversation. I, but, I will. Thank yeah. you. Just so that I can fill the board in and, and do yeah. a little, so we'll do a little back, um, backtracking here. Um, what seems to have happened over the last couple months is the medical staff is feeling that some of the changes that we made um, relative to QPSC in our bylaws and um, some of the issues here at the board table in terms of the board reports, that their voice really was not being heard in the manner in which they would hoped it it could be. Um, issues surfaced relative to perhaps their involvement in some of the contracting issues that come before the board. Um, they're, they're looking at our own bylaws and having some say or some input into how the board develops their own bylaws um, um, and wanting to make certain that some of the issues that are affecting the, the doctors particularly or the medical staff generally um, come, to, come to the board. Um, I met with both our doctors before our QPSC meeting to see what I could do to understand a little bit more about the concerns that they were having. And, um, and so I've related those to you today. A, a couple things that we had talked about is um, the possibility of our, of our having a, some kind of joint meeting with the doctors, perhaps our executive leadership team here and, and the leadership uh, 
with our administrative staff to see what we could do relative to processes. Um, um, there is certainly a desire, and I can tell you I've heard this from our board, but also from the administration, that the voice of the doctors is important in our work. And part of the reorganization that the board had was, in fact, because we were concerned that so much of the conversation was not around quality and service and patient care, but rather in the finances and, and some of the more business issues, which I don't disqualify. I think the board must pay attention to those things. But we do, in fact, want to pay much more attention to the services that we are providing to our to our patients. So we've been throwing some issues around. We're not quite certain yet what direction we want to go. I've not spoken to Del Vecchio about this afternoon's conversation, which I intend to do. So I just wanted to let you guys know that we are having a conversation and trying to figure out a structure in which the doctors can feel a little more confident that their voice is being heard um, at the board table. And that's not to take anything away from our, from our representative doctor. They're just... Um, they would just like... It's a different role. It's a different role. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that was, that was part of the conversation. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to move to... Uh, Joe, do you have anything? Well, no, I just want to point out that, you know, those of us that, that arrived on, the, on this board, uh, you know, we come from different backgrounds, but we all have uh, an interest really in the broad health of the Alameda County community. And so... Um, our hospital's bottom line is fun. It's absolutely important. In our system. You know, we have to. We have to be open to to provide that care. But we also want to be innovative and 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 aware of delivery issues, you know, like service delivery issues that you may have. I mean, so I, I've often said in the past that I wanted to be relevant here, and and that you know there were when I first started. I think some of us felt like sometimes we. We, we weren't necessarily as engaged in some of the policy conversations as we'd like to be, and I think we've moved, we've moved mountains. I mean, we're, we're we're in a much better place than we were. But, you know, from if you if you actually look at the backgrounds of, of many of these members and our interest in population health or community work, you've got a very we have ears that are wide open. And so I, I'm glad that you guys are having that conversation so that the medical reports are are you know so that there is better communication so that we can be making more substantive uh, policy. Policy uh, decisions, or at least having those conversations, so that we feel connected. So that's that's great. I just want to remind you of that. Yeah, that's that's uh, very much appreciated. The I guess the bottom line is it's uh, we're trying to figure out a process by which those voices can be effectively heard and uh, feel heard, as well as um, you should know that this is not anything new for us. We've all kind of been talking about this for the last mm -hmm. few months. And we just feel that it's it's time to make it a broader dialogue and make it a more of an official thing, and we appreciate the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I'm glad. There's so much collective wisdom from those uh, of you who who live and work here and have been here for a long time. So thank you for taking that agency to, you know, redirect and redesign the conversation that we've ha happening. So thank you. I will also add that I think it takes an organization time to feel comfortable with having conversations, tough and difficult conversations, in a public arena. And part of that is relative to the establishment and the growth of trust within one another. And so it's perfectly okay to agree, disagree with one another in a public setting um, because I think that, in fact, advances the democracy. So we ought to learn how to be able to engage in these tough conversations in public without jeopardizing our relationships nor the progress of our institution. So, okay, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to move now to the board. Oh, I'm sorry. Deepak, does Deepak Deepak, I'm, are you, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I was not planning to say anything. Um, I just didn't know what report, if we were going to, usually I prepare for it, and I said, whoa, I don't have anything in front of me. <laughs> so, sorry for being, looking so dumb at that point, but he said it what I probably would have said. Very nice. Thank you so much. And, and you're forgiven because you gave me a tandoori recipe, so. Uh, I, yes, that, it was very helpful. 
Uh, I'm going to move to the board president report and really I have nothing other than to remind our community and to remind our board members that we are looking for an additional trustee to serve on our board and um, I'm going to encourage you to help Yes, we have two vacancies, actually. One is to be filled by the County Board of Supervisors, so it's their choice, and they will place that individual on the board, and we don't vet that individual. We accept them with open arms. Um, the other one is up to our trustees to vet and to recommend to the county board. And our hope is that we would be able to recommend two people to that county board that we feel could could meet our needs uh, so that we don't put the county, the supervisors into a position where they have to take just one person in case we didn't, we, there's something we missed. Uh, at any rate, I want to encourage all those who are listening and to our own board members that we need more applications so that we can in fact have a more robust board. Not that any of you are lesser, but adding a adding somebody else would be helpful. So that's my report. So can I move to the CEO's report? Good, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, good afternoon, trustees. Uh, great to see everyone again, as usual. Uh, actually, I was trying to be brief. I usually don't succeed in this, but I'll try again today uh, in the interest of uh, preserving as much time for, the, for the, today's agenda, which I figure was pretty full. Uh, but a couple of things I wanted to note that have occurred uh, that I thought you'd be interested in. Um, last week, I was at the annual conference for America's Essential Hospitals, which is the national uh, group, sort of a sister or two or big brother to uh, uh, the California Association of Public Hospitals on a national stage. Uh, it's held in Boston, and I just wanted to um, publicly laud two of our uh, um, team members here who uh, presented a session there, um, uh, both John Chapman, uh, the CAO here at Highland, and uh, Dr. Minnie Swift, the Associate Chief Medical Officer here at Highland, uh, presented a, um, a session that was called... Um, I'm going to mess up the name, but it was effectively the waiting room um, uh, th then and now. Uh, it was sort of a uh, retrospective because a lot of people in in the uh, safety net community around the country saw and actually really uh, uh, resonated with the waiting room, which is a feature for the Highland ED. Uh, and while there were some very um, compelling aspects of the care that we provide and the capacity that we provide there that we were particularly proud of, um, there were also some messages around uh, some, some of the inefficiencies in our system, uh, long wait times and things like that, that were also called for because of sort of the overwhelming uh, need. And so these leaders took the opportunity to, to share with um, some of our counterparts uh, a lot of the things that we're doing with respect to fast track and, and other types of um, um, uh, tools and processes to um, to accentuate what was positive, but also to demonstrate further improvement uh, for for all, and that we were um, um, uh, like many of them actively uh, aware that the ACA has a different imperative for us to be uh, um, uh, a provider of choice and uh, not solely or exclusively a provider of last resort. So they did a fantastic job, and I just wanted to acknowledge them for that work. Uh, I'd also point out parenthetically that I spent a fair amount of the time dodging people from New York um, uh, who were hunting me down to tell me that they were very upset that we were taking Dr. Jamaluddin uh, to, for our new CMO. Uh, um, and so um, that was just for the validation that you know, we probably made a very great uh, choice. Uh, he, he will obviously be uh, uh, missed there, and, and we welcome him here openly. So uh, we're targeting uh, right now his start being August 1st, I think, uh, for sufficient time for him and his family to relocate here. Uh, to that end, actually, our new COO, uh, um, uh, Mr. Luis Fonseca, who's a little bit more local, is coming from all the way from Danville, uh, will will be here on July 18th, uh, and we have distributed that um, uh, that uh, notice publicly uh, as of this week, and got some interest from national publications of wanting to uh, talk to him as well. So excited about that. I uh, just wanted to mention briefly that uh, we have concluded the employee engagement survey window, uh, and uh, we're now in the process of uh, our, our, our vendor uh, actually collating and doing all the analysis of that of that feedback. Um, we were pleased with the um, uh, the response rate, although it didn't hit our targets. Um, for the non-physician workforce, we had a target of 83%. Uh, and we were able to achieve 70%. 70% uh, is still quite 
laudable for uh, any survey uh, and certainly uh, patient engagement surveys um, uh, sort of in a broader community if you get a third then you're you're, you're doing well um, we've historically done uh, relatively well and so we're 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 pleased with the result although we had a higher aim of a response rate um, uh, but we think that 70 percent will um, uh, will will certainly be a representative um, uh, reflection of, of the voice of the workforce here on the physician side we had a I should say for both of these we would love to have a hundred percent but from a sort of um, uh, improvement perspective we we set targets that were based uh, largely off of uh, what is sort of industry uh, standard or best practice uh, on the physician side uh, we had a much lower target of 27% response rate uh, and again fed by the notion that uh, this is the first time we were doing a survey with both um, uh, the, the both of the workforces that our providers uh, we were casting a much broader net for the thousand plus providers that are uh, um, um, employed contracted or otherwise affiliated with us um, so the end so we ended up hitting uh, 23% uh, so almost there um, uh, but the end uh, uh, we believe is a lot higher than it has been in prior surveys so the number of responses are greater although the percentage is not nearly where we want it to be it's a work in progress and so uh, we will uh, until we have the sort of the uh, demographic information about the response rate to see if there was uh, um, variances in uh, the response rate across our different mer medical staffs or across uh, the different departments and within uh, an individual medical staff we won't be able to uh, opine about the relative um, um, sort of uh, uh, re re accuracy, if you will, of the uh, responses to, to uh, uh, as a reflection of the entire uh, physician workforce. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Dr. Walker has actually been talking to some of the medical staff leaders uh, preemptively to talk about um, how once we get the surveys, which we anticipate will take uh, a couple of weeks to a couple of months here, uh, once we get that feedback back, how they will uh, uh, begin to dissect it and, uh, and, and to use it for whatever value uh, it provides to us. And we believe that'll be, it, it will be valuable. Uh, the, the, concurrently, we're also having a broader discussion amongst the organization, uh, the leadership right now, about how we will plan to disseminate the information and then uh, uh, take the learnings and do you know, actions to uh, continue the things that are going well, but also to work on the areas where there's uh, opportunity, as indicated by the, by the responses we get. Uh, the last thing I was going to share is, um, uh, just to call out again, uh, we share with you a news release uh, uh, that came out recently that was lauding the, um, the rollout of a pre-managed ED program, or it was called the Emergency Department Information Exchange, which we talked about here in this uh, board is supported. Um, it is a, a somewhat novel approach, uh, and certainly novel for the East Bay, where we've broken down walls, uh, if you will, physical walls between uh, uh, one organization being AHS and another being Sutter, to say we're, we're proxy providers and many times we have uh, patient populations that will overlap and if we could have a, a real-time uh, ability to look at uh, uh, what sort of care has been administered, what are patients coming into our various EDs for, that that would better uh, enable the providers, physician, nurses, social workers, otherwise, to uh, meet the needs of, of uh, patients who are seeking care, uh, oftentimes without uh, um, without a lot of uh, knowledge about how, how best to do that uh, for themselves. So, so it has been uh, um, put forth by a number of publications this week, uh, uh, which we did in, in conjunction with, with Sutter. So we, we congratulate um, all the providers and all the IT staff and uh, leaders who helped to facilitate that and make it happen. Um, to your request, uh, Trustee Hernandez, uh, we can uh, certainly pre uh, come back to you with a little bit more education about what it means right now and then uh, any opportunities in the future Future to expand upon what we're doing, which we believe there are, there are certainly. So. so, with that, that's that's my brevity. Again, not very good, but I'm happy to entertain any questions of this or anything else I didn't discuss. Trustee Would Chen. you um, let the board know about what you're doing on Monday um, at Alameda Hospital? On Tuesday. Sorry. Yes, I was like on Monday. Okay. What am I'll I doing Monday? I was there yesterday. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow. Monday, probably Tuesday. not. On Tuesday, thank you, um, uh, trustees. I um, 
myself, David Cox, Bonnie Panlitsigi, uh, I think that's it. Perhaps other, uh, other people are participating in a special um, uh, meeting called by the Alameda Healthcare District Board, of course, of which uh, Trustee Jensen is our representative, um, uh, specifically to talk about contracting uh, and the ongoing contracting challenges that we're having with a uh, few uh, major contractors in the area. Uh, as you know, uh, we have uh, uh, we employed a contracting strategy this year uh, to uh, have the rates of all of our peers more uh, appropriately reflect the cost of the care that we're providing and that of, of our care providers. Uh, and we've been successful in many respects. Uh, there are a few holdouts. Um, and what we've been led to believe and understand is that those holdouts are not for at least at this juncture, for a, uh, due to an unwillingness to actually contract with us, but for uh, competing priorities and the fact that uh, we're not, we don't represent a huge part of their their network, uh, either as isolated facilities or in aggregate, to be um, to be frank. Um, but nonetheless, we continue to um, uh, to try efforts to engage those providers. There are also you know challenges on their side with uh, focuses on mergers. You may have heard about this in the news recently with uh, four of them in particular, um, uh, but also with staff turnover that's happening within their organizations. Uh, we appreciate and recognize the challenges that that's placing on some of the um, uh, the providers in our organization and more importantly the people who are, uh, are attempting to get care. Uh, we have put measures in place to try to, um, to uh, um, um, minimize that impact, uh, but it is going on for quite some time and we want to just uh, engage all of our, our stakeholders um, uh, Ideally, in a, a collaborative way, to continue uh, to put pressure on these uh, these pairs to recognize that their members, our members of this community, would like to get care within this system, and uh, they they are basically standing in the way of that. So, so we'll be talking to the district board next Tuesday to address that. Yeah. Uh, regarding the engagement survey, in the past. Uh, we've done a pretty deep dive into the into the the results, and so I'm hoping we'll do that again. Uh, Jeanette put together, you know, and and I what I would love is especially a com uh, a comparative look at where we had done. Uh, I don't want to say poorly, but where we had where we had problem areas the the last time. Because I think the last time we got it was a snapshot. It was a halfway through pulse check. Pulse yeah. check. Thank mm -hmm. you. Uh, and so it would be great to go, kind of go back to the last full survey and, and the pulse check, and the current one, and to look at the data, you know, completely. Mm -hmm. um, because as I recall, the last pulse check, we we had heard, seen some areas of concern around like. I want to say uh, maybe tech support or supplies for some staff. Like there were some some real specific things that we could probably fix easily to to, to increase that 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 employee satisfaction. And it would be great to see how do we do. Sure. You know, um, like some real tangibles. And and then of course, obviously, from this one moving forward, um, I just I would really love that comparison. Yeah, we can we can do that. We yeah. we expect the results. Uh, I think we were saying late. They said late July, early August, or late July, late August, early September. No, late July. Late July, early August. So perhaps either either in an education session or the retreat, we could work with you to create a session where we can do a deeper dive again for you, uh, for your request. And I want to add to that um, request something that happened the last time. Um, it's really important to me uh, to hear the results based on gender diversity and tenure. Um, I think we need to understand how our uh, staff population is seeing uh, mm -hmm. the work environment and to take time to look at that sliver of demographics that I just mentioned. Sure. So. Um, can, yeah, I, I, I was going to uh, sort of wonder out loud what the uh, relative uh, Analytical capabilities of our vendor are, but but we can we can certainly uh, uh, seek that. So it's, it looks we, like we are. We um, we we always have get that get oh. that data from them. That's Good. one of the first pieces of data we receive. Okay. I obviously wasn't here the last time, so I didn't want to make any commitments uh, that I don't know about. Okay, but we'll 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 do that then. Thank you. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to thank you very much. Thank you. Then I will move to uh, the consent agenda. Um, and I'm going to take them a little bit separately. So, uh, although they're they're all one, uh, can I have the approval of the minutes first, and then I move we'll approval go. of the minutes. All those in favor? 
Aye. Great. Um, then we're going to take approval of the contracts, and I just wanted to uh, raise the point before we approve the contracts is that an issue has surfaced about um, the medical staff's um, uh, having a say into the uh, contracts that deal with medical services. And so uh, we will be discussing that a little bit later. That doesn't, however, preclude our, our going ahead and approving the contracts that are currently there. Um, does the board have any issue uh, of moving these contracts forward as they stand? Okay, then could I have a motion to approve the contracts? I move. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Okay. Um, Policies and procedures. Can I have a motion to approve the policies and procedures? They have gone through the QPSC committee. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Great. Aye. Thank you, Jim. Uh, and then uh, I will take the two resolutions together, number four and five. Can I have a motion to approve the two resolutions? Moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Perfect. Aye. Oh, thank you, Jim. Okay. Uh, we will move to discussion report and the monthly financial update. Uh, <clears throat> Dave? Okay. There we go. Got it. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, <clears throat> Madam Chairperson. I have a uh, brief report for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, the, uh, well, we're very happy to report that we continue to um, have um, strong financial performance as we're going into the end of the year. Uh, we had a very good month in uh, the month of May uh, for year-to-date. Um, we now are just about a million dollars behind the budget in total, and we have a 4.4% uh, EBITDA margin, which is a little less than uh, we wanted, but um, uh, overall pretty strong. And we have one more month to go. Um, <clears throat> cash collections have been uh, very strong. Uh, and through May, we've collected 105% uh, of the amount that we've reported as net revenue. So again, going into the audit, <clears throat> that's something the auditor will look at to value the receivables and see if we've been conservative enough uh, in booking our net revenue, and that's, that's a good indicator. So anything over 100 is very good. Um, <clears throat> and so our net days and accounts receivable have uh, re reduced from 90 to 66. That's also very positive. <clears throat> David, could you? I'm sorry to interrupt. Could you, I, I'm not understanding the concept of more than 100%. I mean, you collect it all and it's 100%. If you collect, I don't. What? Um, the, the, the net net revenue and cash over time, over time, will be 100%. Okay? Uh, because if you don't collect the cash, then you have to reduce your estimate and if you collect more you can raise your estimate okay but on a year-to-year -year basis they don't necessarily equal a hundred percent because of timings of cash flows and things like that but the, the fact that we have collected more than we booked as net revenue will give the auditor a lot of confidence that we've presented the financial statements fairly and haven't overestimated net revenue so it's compared to the estimate what was estimated yeah Oh, 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 got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kinkini. Okay. Um, <clears throat> regarding the uh, permanent agreement, we're, of course, still in compliance. Uh, we've actually had a fairly favorable development in the last couple of weeks. We've been um, receiving some supplemental reimbursements that um, we thought were going to happen after June 30th. They've come in early. Uh, cash receipts, I mentioned, have been very, very strong. So we're currently estimating to end the year at 103. We'd previously estimated 110 to 120. So uh, we're happy with that. And then, of course, the uh, uh, you know consider the budget uh, tonight. Uh, the budget process is complete. We are recommending a budget with a 5% EBITDA margin and a $30 million capital expenditure budget that provides for all of our debt service and the capital. Uh, and we do have an uh, internal uh, reserve at this point, and we are addressing um, other needs that have been discussed, such as magnet, lean, things like that. So uh, we believe that the uh, <clears throat> budget we're presenting is fully supportive of the mission and the uh, strategic initiatives that have um, been under consideration. 
Um, <clears throat> these are the um, actual numerical results, and so the thing to notice, uh, if I can get this to work, is there's the negative variance for the year, just a million dollars. Revenues are 2.9% above budget, uh, <clears throat> and so that's why with a 4% EBITDA margin, even though it's below uh, the budget, the dollar amount is actually fairly close because we have more revenue than we, we expected. We've also had really good performance on uh, productivity, so this ratio, worked hours participation day, we've averaged 14.4. That's just below budget, <clears throat> and last year was 15.9. So this is a really, really good uh, improvement. We're happy to see that. Um, here's the heat map. Uh, most of this has turned green. We're still, as you know, uh, looking at the uh, ambulatory issue. That'll be a major focus going into the new year. And we wanted to share with you... David, the, would you go back to the heat map, please? Yeah, yeah. Not the operating income of San Leandro. The, mm -hmm. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is um, obviously a big variance, but it's uh, off of a very, very small amount of money. So you get this. It's not. It's not a lot of. Oh, it's just the math. Issue. Yeah, just the math made it go crazy. But in general, you see a lot of green at San Leandro, and they're they're pretty close to budget. So the big variance is here in ambulatory. So, okay. All right. Um, we did want to share with you the uh, forecast. So um, this is the forecast for this year, and this is next year. So we've taken that budget, spread it by month, <clears throat> and done a detailed forecast through the year. And you can see we're going to be well, we expect to be well below the, uh, the limit. Uh, in fact, um, our um, county auditor has also, again, suggested or offered that we might want to reduce that. But we'll <laughs> Told them we'll, discuss, we'll discuss that. Um, but we thought you'd be interested to see um, <clears throat> what, what happened this year. So the blue is the original forecast we made at the beginning of last year. So the blue is what we expected to happen, and then the red is what actually did happen. And so, you know, we ended up right about, we ended up right about here at 103 this year. And mm -hmm. so these are these recent receipts the uh, Medicaid waiver money that uh, came in in the last couple of weeks. And then... Can you remind me what, uh, the big drop in February and March? Yeah, this was the receipt of those AB85 funds. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and then this is the Medi-Cal waiver funds. Okay. And, and when do, do, do the AA funds come in every month or do they come in uh, quarterly or how? How do we receive the... Which one? Measure A. Oh, they come in, uh, actually, I think every two weeks. Every two weeks? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're pretty... And those have actually been quite high. They normally run about 8 to $9 million. I think the last couple have been around 10 So that the receipts have really accelerated. And that's property value issues? How... <clears throat> how uh, I think it was uh, Warriors gear being sold. Um, sales tax. It's not property. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Yes. It costs forty dollars to park your car. <laughs> okay. And uh, that concludes my report. I'm happy to respond to questions. Thank you. Okay. Any questions on that report? Okay. Then let's move to the action item and approval of the proposed budget. I'm going to turn this over to David. I, th I think we, uh, after our last uh, meeting, only had one or two items to uh, to respond back to you, and then otherwise, obviously, um, we didn't receive any other inquiries since the last meeting. So, then we 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 basically like to ask you to to consider the the action. But I'll turn it over to yeah, David. Yeah, and I will just comment that uh, <clears throat> we we do have an extensive PowerPoint available. We didn't. Uh, want to take you through the same information again, if, unless you wanted to see it again. Uh, but the budget is very much um, as it has been presented. We've just simply refined it and tightened up all the numbers, and uh, we think it's a good budget that we can achieve. So you don't see any subs substantive change from the, from the last report at the last board meeting to now? You have, you have things that are pretty much the same. In part, yes. Does, yes. does the rest of the board, did any of you have any questions during this course of the two weeks? Um, the board was, in fact, for the public, asked to make certain that they talked to um, our financial director, talk to David, if there were any questions. So you guys are all okay. Okay. 
<clears throat> just for the record in public, I, I would like to, and I know that we covered this, mm -hmm. so I just want to enunciate it. Um, in this budget year, we've actually reduced, as I understand it, the number of contracted out consultant positions and increased the number of paid staff, both on an administrative side and on a service delivery side. Is that correct? Um, that, that is correct, and I can tell you that that is an absolutely real objective that we're trying to implement. Yeah, so I just wanted to publicly enunciate that, that we are committed mm -hmm. to full-time employees, mm -hmm. and we are committed to reducing contracts where necessary, and that um, we recognize the commitment that people working in our system make to the people of Alameda County. That's and, correct. And it reflects in our budget. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think that's a great reminder, Joe. I appreciate you raising it. Maria. I just want to observe out loud that this year's process was much more detailed, much more helpful to understand um, exactly how all of the budgeting does take place. I don't think we're scrambling to get your job. It's very hard. <laughs> However, I do want to recognize that you responded really well to our request for more clarity. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. And I, I'd like to take <clears throat> the opportunity to recognize uh, Jody Copeland, who's in the back of the room. Jody? Wave, who actually did most of this work, so it deserves the credit. Thank you. Uh, and and I think all of us will recognize that this has, in fact, the the financial processes in our organization have dramatically improved. We still have room to grow. There's no denying that, but but we have, in fact, improved. And I thank you, Dr. Shaw. Did you want to say something? Yeah, and this this is probably. Um, and I apologize for not bringing this up earlier with you, but a, a couple of doctors who are on the EHR committee have asked me to just um, make a statement or ask you about um, the proposed budget for this EHR process as they go through, um, as so many hours and opportunity costs are being put into this process, where exactly in the budget it lies, and they just wanted me to ask that <clears throat> question. So. Right, so the budget <clears throat> includes an overall allocation of $30 million for capital, which is where the uh, capital for the EHR project would be. The, uh, all of our IT needs right now are being assessed by an external vendor, Lidos, uh, who's going to put together an IT strategic plan and, and advise us and recommend on how to get where we need to be in five years. So uh, the other thing that's going on is the strategic planning process, so it's thought that we need to kind of get into that see what recommendations come out, and then look at that $30 million again and say how much should we spend this year in each of those projects and how should we plan for the long-term needs of the organization. Great. And, and, and Dr. Shaw, I want to remind you that these meetings, uh, the board meetings, are recorded, so in case you forget that answer, you can have your doctors pull it up and they'll, the answer will be there. You're welcome. Okay, uh, could I have a motion then to approve um, so the moved. proposed budget? I will move that. Uh, thank you. I want to hear that from Jim, actually. Jim, do you want to second that motion? I moved it. Okay. Um, Fine, I'll second. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Terrific. Aye. Okay. Um, we have another action item on... Um, Action G, the approval of agreement with um, behavioral health. Can I have a motion, please? Any comment? Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. I'm sorry I moved too quickly. Um, we'll, I have, we're going to have a conversation on I, item G. Any comment from staff? Okay, can I have a motion from the board? I just want to also, again, enunciate that this is about providing care to a, a population that needs it desperately in a time of some crisis that we've been uh, scrutinized for publicly and in the media and, and at the board of supervisors level. And um, that um, you know, I just can't help but think of uh, um, an analogy to my work with the city of Oakland when El Nino hit and trees were blocking roads and there was floods and you know we had a team of public works employees who you know stayed and got the job done they came in on overtime 
they worked until the crisis was, was over, um, or our uh, once very understaffed police department during the recession where officers worked mandatory overtime in order to see that every patrol beat was covered. Um, and we've not been able to get that level of coverage um, for our psychiatric emergencies, and that's why we're doing this. And, um, and, and it's, it's for an extremely uh, vulnerable population of Alameda County. Um, I work in homeless issues for the city. I've hiked under these freeways. I've, I've, I've experienced some of these people firsthand. Um, and I think we all know someone that's suffered a, a, a mental crisis. And I just think that it's imperative that we do whatever it takes uh, to see that the care is available. Uh, and that's why we're doing this. Thank you. Any other comments from board members? Uh, I do want to assure the, the, the public that this board has, in fact, been involved in several of the decisions related to this contract, so we are not entering into this blindly. Um, there has been ample conversation, a lot of questions. We have pressed staff, and I think I, for one, am very comfortable with the direction that we're heading on this contract. So um, can I take a vote, please? All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Aye. Thank you. Okay. Um, do we have a quality report? We're going to move to our reports. Anything from QPSC, Dr. Um, Zorthian? Well, it's in your packet, and I don't think I have anything to add. Great. Okay. Uh, we have no finance report this time, and um, I think the audit report is in your packet, and uh, at the meeting, unfortunately, because of the fewer numbers of board members, I self-appointed, so I'm chair of the audit committee. And any of you who wish to join that committee and want to chair it are more than happy to take that leadership away from me. Okay. Um, we have the information items. Yes. There is a finance committee report, although it was sent, it was sent in by me late. So, but there is one available. Oh, there's a thank you, Jim. I didn't yeah. notice that. That that's my error. Thank you for yeah. your. Well, no, it was my error to send it in late. Okay. So it's, it's hard to get it in the packet when it comes in late. So thank I apologize for that. Well, I we will read that. Thank you, Jim. Okay. Um, I'll move then to um, any other public comment. Okay, the board is going to move into closed session. Thank you all for your attendance. I think this was a record for us.